were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Surfing 18, and today we're going to do something different than we've done before, and it's kind of exciting because it's almost like creating our own fan fiction, but it's really not. We're going to use scientific. Okay, it's not going to be scientific. We're going to fill in the story, and we're going to do Kurt's story first, and we're going to go up to season three, and we're going to talk about everything they didn't show us on the show, which would be fun. It's going to be like the redacted Mueller reports. <laughs> yes, it's going to be like that. So, when you read between the lines, you find out that someone at McKinley is accused of war crimes. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's probably Puck. Okay. So, it's probably Sue. It's probably <laughs> Sue. Well, that was just the easy one. Okay. So, I have people here. You think that this are- is hard? Try influencing an American election with the Russians. That's <laughs> I usually keep the good stuff in. I don't usually cut the bad stuff. Okay. So, I've got some guests here who are returning because at this point, you should know who they are. I'm not bringing new people on the podcast at this point. So, I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Julia, Redhead Gleek on Tumblr. And I'm RB, C. Kerouac on Tumblr, and today's fan fiction is brought to you by Champagne. The champagne <laughs> of things that are going to get me drunk through this fanfic. Champagne! Oh. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, man. I always wonder what people, like, listening in, like, I, I hope they're having happy thoughts when they listen to the podcast. And no, they're like, you oh. know what they are? They're jealous that they can't sit at the bar with me. And if I could, I would sit everybody at the bar the size of the world and we'd all get lit together. It would be great. Oh my goodness. But okay. take this moment 
take this moment <laughs> pour yourself a drink because y'all, this is gonna be legendary. Bananas. Bananas. Okay. B a n a n a s. This shit is bananas. <laughs> I just can't think. Well, see Kelly Kapoor doing it because she did it on The Office. I'm just. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, not the right show. Let's talk about Glee is here. Is it the right show? Because I mean, that's Finn. That's Quinn. Which one is Glee? You have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so we're going to start at the beginning of Kurt's life, this precious little baby. Um, And he was born to Bert and an unknown mother who we still don't, we never knew the name. And that makes me sad. Why couldn't they just give her a name? Right. But I mean, it's implied that it's supposed to be Elizabeth. Just leave it to the Fickers. Yeah, I like Elizabeth. I I mean, I have issues with them having un- Named dead female characters. Ooh, let's start off with that topic. But I mean, <laughs> most people's parents on this show aren't named. I mean, true. I mean, we just kind of pretend that nobody is important. But Finn's dad got a name. His name was Christopher. They did a whole thing about him in the first episode. Like, you know, Christopher Hudson went out to war, then he died. Mm hmm. And, I mean, they've had certainly talked about Kurt's mother enough. They've just never given her a name. Yeah. So. I concede your point. She should have been <laughs> named. Thank you. Yes. Right. So, we don't know much about Kurt as a baby, I don't think. No, I mean, we know some. We actually know. I want to argue we know more about. Kurt as a baby than 99% of the rest of the kids or people on the show. I mean, we may know a little bit more about Rachel just because they focused on Rachel more, but we know. I actually like, don't think we know more about Rachel as a child than we do about, about little Kurt. Kurt. I mean, we know about Rachel as an irritating teenager <laughs> and we know, and we definitely know more about her as a current person but as as a child, I think that we got more for Kurt because because they talk so much about his mom well, that we got. That I just paid attention to Kurt. Uh, well, but yeah, I think I think that. Oh, I didn't want to step on anybody's shoes. Um, no, Were we yeah. To say something. I don't know. I thought I heard somebody <laughs> say something. <laughs> I thought I heard a cat. Oh, you heard a cat. I, I don't have I heard a cat. cat. Interesting. My cat's not doing anything. Um, I feel like we know quite a bit, though. Just, you know, like, we know that Kurt was a very young age. We know that he was, like, really loving, um, really, he did the ballet stuff when he was little. And his mom used to tell, like, he has very, very happy memories of his mother. His mom used to tell him that she was happy, that he was such a happy kid. They, you know, you get this really nice picture of this family who, you know, they were probably, you know, the craziest family. They're just a night, you know, Bert owns his shop and she did whatever she did and they raised Kurt and it was just a very happy, loving home. And yes. So. And Kurt toddled around in heels. Yes, that's right. 
as many a boy does. At the age yeah. of three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, I had three younger brothers, and admittedly, like, I would dress them all up. And sometimes it, my mom didn't really wear heels, but like we got them in, I got them in dresses and I put makeup on them. Um, oh yeah. I, so everybody I know who has a brother in, I has had a, you know, wander around with mom's bra on his head or in the high heels mm-hmm. or what is, what is this lipstick? And I should put it from ear to ear. And it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Kids <laughs> like playing dress up. Mm-hmm. They do. I remember dress up is amazing. I remember this one specific moment of with one of my brothers where they were just like, they just held their face up. They're like, blush, please. So I just like, (laughs) they're covered in like this red. (laughs) And then you're just like, more blush. (laughs) Admittedly, that's also what I tell myself when I stand in front of the mirror some mornings. So. And I wonder how much, you know, it mimicked his, I wonder if he mimicked his mom at all, where she'd be like, I just want some sensible heels. And Kurt would be like, I just want sensible heels. I feel like that's 100% what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, you know, Kurt, what do you want for your birthday? I want, mommy says, you know, just like mommy, I want sensible heels. Mm -hmm. And being like, what? (laughs) Oh. And so I, I, I get the feeling that he was just more maybe connected with his mom. Um, you know. So. I think that's the impression that we're supposed to get. You know, yeah. that he and Bert weren't especially. I, I, w- I want to say that they're not close because, you know, this is a child relationship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that he really uh, admired and looked up to his mother and was very close to her. And that's why her death was so devastating to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, you know, the other thing, though, is that Bert was he did what he could. I mean, I mean he was probably a kind man. Like, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, people's dads are not there. Or they're they're you know, emotionally or verbally or physically abusive or distant or, you know, and I, you know, Bert played, we saw those flashbacks to when Bert played tea time and helped Kurt ride his bike. And so he was, you know, one of the, I think Bert was the only, Carol was close, but she never got to be a regular and Bert was actually a regular on the show. So we did get to see more of the home life of Kurt and Bert than probably anybody else on the show. Yes. So, um, so yeah, and then, you know, Kurt's mom dies. Oh, we assume that it's illness. I, I don't think it was anything. Well, it could have been something like a car crash. I don't know. They never said. They never said. And it never implied and it was fan- sudden or Fandom not. has done a whole bunch of different things with I'm her death. I'm going with secret CIA agent who was killed in an op that went bad. <laughs> Do you, do you have that fic? Uh, I wish I did. I wish oh. I did. Do you know that's what Spider-Man's parents were? <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. No, so I didn't because yeah. I have not read 50 years of Spider-Man. <laughs> My knowledge oh, of Spider-Man man. is the the Tobey Maguire movies and <laughs> good this movies. one and like the Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, so, man. So anyway... I just thought it was funny. Okay. So then we get, you know, the post her passing away. And I just, it seems Where to Kurt, me. as a child agent takes up her, picks <laughs> up her mantle and then tries to exact revenge over the terrorists who killed her. Oh my goodness. 
You told me I could fanfic this. <laughs> I, I I love the idea of the eight-year-old assassin here. I mean, Kurt Wood. Which is why you should watch the Umbrella Academy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Um... Sticking close to more canon-related things, though. Um, yeah, then there's, you know, we, and it's so funny because, like, I was thinking about this, and there's so much on the show that I, this is hard, this is harder than the, I, I already did the Blaine one, and Blaine one, you could, like, shade in anything that you wanted. And Kurt, there's, like, a lot there. There's I mean, lines that you have to. lines have to follow. follow yeah. As opposed to Blaine's, which is just a couple of swipes of watercolor and. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what else? And and a little heart in the corner that's Cooper. Oh, Cooper. Yeah, we did talk a lot about Cooper on that one. Um, because Cooper is a goddamn delight. <laughs> and, like Kurt says, the most attractive man in North America. <laughs> um, so, what's interesting to me is that, you know, Kurt seems like he's really happy with, you know, mom and dad. And that he was okay being alone. And then I think after his mom's death any kind of like you know people picked on him as in elementary i can see that he was picked on his entire life not just you know when he got to middle school or high school um and you know he would hide away and you know stay in his room where his mom's stuff was kept and put a perfume bottle on there and took care of his dad and his dad <laughs> you know I, I think, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about Kurt having depression and stuff going into season one, but I'm pretty sure Bert went through quite a depressive time as well. And, oh, yeah. and who could blame him? No, I know, right? <clears throat> so there's a lot of times, I'm guessing there were like days Kurt didn't even speak, like, you know. For sure. But, you know, you put on an old movie and then that would be fine. It's just a, I don't know, it's just really a sad dark place for a long time so like he was the show contradicts itself they say between six and eight one time it's eight one time it's six so like oh when did are they we say getting, are we getting angry at glee for not having a consistent timeline not at all they said um your mom died somewhere at some point when he was 16 it said your mom died 10 years ago oh i yeah. remember that okay I don't remember where it is. I just remember it was like, oh, this is contradictory. Or the, I don't know. It's contradictory. And it's just, you know, Glee. Glee's going to do that. None of those kids on that show could do math. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, that's middle elementary, early to middle elementary, you know, and, and just, I don't know. It's just a very bleak, everything through, um, 2009, when he gets to be a sophomore, it just, to me, it just gets just bleaker and bleaker. Like, he just kind of fades and just, this is really depressing. I'm sorry, guys, I should have warned you, but this is like, <laughs> Kurt's yeah, is not- this is not where no. I thought we'd be going with fanfic. So, <laughs> no assassins I'm gonna, here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need more champagne. Oh. Well, anyway, I'm, I mean, like, it's kind of funny. Again, the, is it funny? Is funny the word that we're uh, uh, no, but the lack of a better word, not funny, haha, but just a. It's yeah, weird to like, me that we can get such a better sense. I mean, we it's already filled in more because of what Canon has shared with us, but it's also like, I mean, is there anything that you guys 
when you look at stuff pre-2009, that you're like, oh, I wish the show would have done more here or there or there. Like, or that would have given us more insight to Kurt as a, this person. Because I feel like, and one of the harder things is going to be about this podcast in general, is that they did so well with Kurt's story that I don't feel like I'm missing out on not seeing a lot of this stuff. Because I feel like we did experience through flashbacks and through conversations and whatnot. Well, personally, I'm, I'm one of those types of fans who doesn't want an entire history painted in. I really like the the freedom of the unknown and so i like it when they don't like if you reference something one off you don't actually explain it so that people can really enjoy it um i think that a lot of times fans claim to want to be spoon fed somebody's entire history when mm. that history is not actually relevant to the story that they're telling so, like, knowing how Kurt interacted in his second grade class is not actually pertinent to the story that Lee was telling. But there are going to be a lot of people who are angry that we didn't see it. And I am not one of those people. So I like the bits and tidbits that we got. And I don't feel like there was anything that I was angry that Canon didn't spoon feed me. Because yeah. I'm I'm going to hang out in my corner claiming that his mom was a spy. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> because why not? And they didn't tell me anything that would contradict that. Mm. And so I, as somebody who experienced Glee from a fandom perspective and wanted to create and massage and mold it into what entertained me, I got enough tidbits. I didn't need them to spell out anymore because in all honesty, I probably would have just ignored it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and it's that when coming up with this concept, um, I, I know a lot of people wanted to talk about, and there's going to be another podcast for this. Um, a lot of the stuff that happened in Kurt in the second half of the se- of the series between four through six and beyond, because there are a lot of holes that we can definitively be like, okay, well, what about this topic we can discuss, or what was Kurt's thought process right. here, and everything like that. But the problem with this part, and we will get into the you know the the seasons one, two, and three a little bit more in a minute. It, it's it Kurt's story is so well done, and we get to see so much of him that I think. I don't want to say anything additional is gratuitous because I don't feel like that's the right word, but it is something like we can as a fandom of, sorry, it would be gratuitous to the story that they were telling right? because the story they were telling was of a lonely, but talented high school boy who felt alienated from his classmates and from his father. And then him coming to realize that he's not as alienated as he thinks. So that's the story that they were telling and anything else that, they did a really good job with Kurt. It was very obvious that he was that his character personally and the story that they were telling with him was one of the favorites of the showrunners because they gave it a lot of thought and they gave it a lot of time and they gave it a lot of narrative space to grow. And so what we got was really good for that, especially yeah, season very two. Especially season two. Well, and I and I think. Uh, you, RB, might have said a little bit of this, but I know Snarky's definitely uh, been a, a very vocal person on this front, that Kurt got 
the most world building too. I mean, I know that when we when you guys will hear the the Blaine podcast, we ended up building the world a bit from the little tiny scraps that we got. We you know kind of decided this this and this and this and this, and wouldn't it be fun? And we kind of created our own world because Blaine didn't really have one, but Kurt does. Kurt has like, a world. He's the all of the little bits, even the flashbacks. I mean, we know the first time he met Finn. We know the first time that he really became friends with Rachel. We, you know, we know we have a really good sense of how his family interacts with him. Right. Yep. And we know by extension, Carol and Finn. Exactly. So, it, I mean, when we talk about the, the actual see, the seasons in a minute, I think it'll be fun to, like, nitpick, like, oh, when did this happen, or when did this happen, or what might have happened here, but June. a lot it of happened in June. <laughs> <laughs> June 17th, I think. 10 a.m.? Yeah. No? 10.05. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a warm I, morning, humid <laughs> in, in Ohio. Uh, but I think, I mean, yeah, and I still think, well, how about let me throw this out there. Do you think it's still, mm, I don't know how to, it's not really a question because I think the answer is yes. It's still fun. So make to... your statement. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's not a question, make your statement. I think it's still fun to fill in those blanks. I still think it's fun to create fan fiction and write meta about this stuff. But I think no. that it's, no, we're obviously not fanfic folks. How dare you ever think that we're fanfic folks? It's but not I, like we've posted shit tons of stuff on AO3. Come on! It's still fun to fill in the gaps. Fan, fanfic is my favorite part of media consumption. And fan creations mm-hmm. are my favorite part. Because the media itself is fine. But what fans can create off of those little seeds. And that's why I really like shows that give you enough information to run with, but not so much that it tries to stifle what you can create with it. And Glee was very good with that because Glee, as I think we can all agree, is not a great show. Like what? there's a, there's a lot wrong with it, but it is such a rich, but it's entertaining. Pool. It is. It is very entertaining, and it's a rich pool to use as a jumping-off point for creating these extended worlds with with fanfic and other fan creations. It's a very rich pool for that. And so, yeah, let's fanfic this up. Well, and it's interesting also, kind of in maybe another direction we could take this in, Um because I've been doing a lot of reading the the fanfic, all the other ghosts for the all the other ghost podcasts that we're doing, and the backstory she fills in there. While there are definitely different, I mean, definitely she wrote this in around season three, and she taking stuff that they found from season three, and I will even say that that, I mean, yeah, she had to you know deviate at a certain point to make her AU plausible, but it's interesting that even then, like you can come up with something different for it during when people were writing in the first couple of seasons um, was much different than stuff that we write now, now that we have a whole complete picture. So we were getting fed like little bits of Kurt's world throughout the entire series is what I'm really trying to say. Um, and oh, so yeah. there's, it was definitely something that was developed over the entire series. Like I've been going back reading early, early stuff 
written in season one, season two, before Blaine was introduced. And, you know, it's just incredibly of how different um, the character of Kurt is to those writers compared to how right. he's written oh, yeah. now. It's all a lot darker. I feel like just the, the and, and it, it's just a product of who Kurt was when we started the show, but uh, like everything feels a little bit darker. Everything, you know, we just like, yeah. you know, when you put it all on there and it's like Kurt's mom yeah. died and we just, you know, his dad was really distant and it's all very, very dreary. But then when we get these later seasons that talk about a lot of the happier moments in Kurt's childhood, the, I feel like the picture has shifted um, but at the same time, there's still room for people to fill in their own blanks, like RB says, if he wants to make the mom a CIA agent, there's nothing contradicting that. So Secret go for it. And I still think mom. that there's a lot Secret to... Agent mom. <laughs> um, there's a lot that we still don't know. You know, his mm-hmm. middle school years... Did he know any of the Glee people during that period of time? Because there probably were only two middle schools in Lima. I don't know. How many folks are supposed to live in Lima? Yeah, I mean, that's it's always so weird because... Now, it's great that I went to... What? I'm going to the Google. I'm going to find out how many people live in Lima. Oh. Okay. Okay, that's cool. I didn't hear you. It, like, cut out completely. Oh, Um, yeah. I heard something about tinsel, and I was a little confused. <laughs> well, um, we do know how I feel about Christmas, so I'm just going to spread tinsel all I over just this conversation. We should Google Lima school districts and see how many schools there are in there. Because so there are almost 40,000 people in Lima. So there were a couple of middle schools. Probably. A couple of middle That's schools, probably. Education. Let's I mean, the public education schools. Thing. There's going to be private ones. And <laughs> I love that we're Googling this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> But you know, so there, there, there can. So be... there are se- there are seven high schools in uh, in Lima. Okay. Okay. All right. So so if you're still were, living in the same boundaries. If you're living in the same boundaries of high school, you're probably going to be living in the similar boundaries for middle school as well. So you probably so have two knowing... three middle schools that you can pick out yeah. with in their district. Right. But I'm guessing Kurt didn't really have any friends in that. You know, and middle school was something he probably just survived, you know? Because middle school is Well, I mean, yes. I. One of the reasons that I've related so much to the character of Kurt is because of this feeling that he was completely isolated early on in high school and probably into middle school as well. And so that has been something that I said, wow, that feels very familiar. I'm confronting a lot of my, you know, high school angst um, because there's a reunion coming up over um, Fourth of July weekend. And I'm not sure if I'm going to go because my high school experience was pretty awful. Well, don't go. Don't go. I never it's go complicated. It's so complicated. Um, anyhow, you know, so so you can do definitely do some extrapolation that, you know, he probably was fairly lonely during those those years. We do have that, you know, scene of at the ballet where he and Rachel and Santana are dancing around together. Oh, and see, I thought that memory. was a shared. I thought that was a I shared, thought that was a hallucination. Like, 
Yeah, like that. I, I felt like that I didn't was think a, that was, a and real I didn't memory. necessarily think of that uh, because yeah. I mean, how many ballet schools? I just figured are they were each be in Lima, imagining themselves there. But that, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I was going with with as well. Ooh, fun fact: one of the founding members of the Beach Boys is from Lima. There we go. Things that you did not know. Did not know. But, I mean, there's nothing saying that you can't, you know, think that, Julia. I Again, mean, like, fan fiction. <laughs> make it what you want to make it. Um, I, I am one of those people who packs up canon and dumps it in the trash. And then goes with what I want it to be, so... Yeah, and and I am more so the person who likes to take canon and see what kind of things I can, you know, get out of it. You're also the person who likes to fight with people over a timeline that the show was very unclear on. So, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now, Julia. Okay, my power went out, and I apparently didn't have the setup for cellular. Oh, no. Do you you take a second? No, I'm, I'm, I'm back. You guys okay. didn't notice my absence? We didn't. I was I was talking yeah. a lot, and so... Yeah. What were we well, just talking about? I don't even remember. That's... Oh. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> you know, I get onto a sentence, and the sentence keeps going, and there are a lot of independent clauses, and there are basically semicolons and colons in there, and eventually I reach a period. Well, we were talking about how RB likes to throw cannon out I, the window, I and like I said I like out the window. And, and then, then you're... I was I was making the point that she's also the person who has picked fights with people over a timeline that is not in any way clear in the show. And I was going to say people pick fights with me. I <laughs> so, well, yeah. Uh, I like canon. I like exploring it. I like exploring outside of it. See, I'm a, but. But that's one of the wonderful things. Some people like exploring mm-hmm. canon. Some people like saying, fuck canon, I'm going with what I want. Well, and there's a pick and choose, and too, because I'm like a... fight over timelines. <laughs> did, did, did the fandom troop thing finish? No. No, we no. haven't is had it number still one going yet. on? It is. I just, I have been so busy that I have not been okay. had a chance to, like... Okay. All right. Because all yeah. of a sudden, and it's, like, and it's very depressing because winning. obviously people did not vote for what the best one was, which is Christmas. <laughs> I will just remind me at the end, and I'll pull it up and show you guys. Oh no, no. no. Although no. I still, although I think fake dating is still going strong. I think that's probably going to win. Awesome, but yeah, I don't remember it's what. Awesome. Because it's because awesome. it's awesome. I love fake dating. It's I the premise too. of like half of the Hallmark movies that I love. Also, fake dating yeah. and gunpoint, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Okay, oh boy, I I just I have a thought, but I know that if I say it, it will derail the conversation for like a good twenty minutes. So I'm not going to say it. So how about will you, will say, you say, it say it at the end? And, yes, and I promise I will say it at the end. Put it down, and I promise not to respond. Okay, you have to promise not to respond. I promise not to respond. I am looking forward to watching that Chris Evans film because it looks like it's fake dating and everything that RB loves in a film. This is true. I haven't <laughs> seen <my> it. response. <laughs> anyway. We so. can talk about it at the end. <laughs> I'll, I'll respond more thoroughly then. She's talking about what's your number. That's, yeah, that's I gathered. I've, I've seen about. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Julia. 
She's like, why do I follow these people? Oh, <laughs> my mental image is if you have just like this war-torn, haunted look going, I've seen things. I've been there. <laughs> I was there, there first, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not That's taking any bait that RB is deliberately throwing because I usually poke her, but she's poking me tonight and I'm ignoring it and moving <laughs> forward. And I am so impressed. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be it's, just a pain in the ass to edit. It's okay, because I'm getting champagne drunk, and champagne drunk is a little effervescent. Oh, but, which is the word of the evening, effervescent. Too bad Ooh, it's going to be cut word. out of the podcast. That's a good that's word. That's a good word. But uh, going back, so when I cut out, I was talking about um, um, Rachel Santana and Kurt at the ballet. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you guys saw that. You guys saw that as a. I thought metaphorical it was a fantasy. dream fantasy thing. Which right. I did not actually. Okay. So that's interesting. Because, you know, again, when you're trying to fill in some of these details about Kurt's life as a child, mm-hmm. you know, that had been one of the things that I had filled in as part of his childhood. Okay. Doing ballet, which in a town like Lima, how many ballet places are there going to be? And would he have interacted with Santana and or Rachel at that kind of thing? And so, again, that's a sort of, you know, rumination on my part of, you know, how much interaction did he have with the other Glee characters before they actually became his friends? Right. Well, I think if Stan, I'm like, and there's nothing to say that you are wrong. So, I mean... I just had canon differently, but I mean, like, that's right. okay. That's cool. But then do you also see him? I, I mean, do you say that he did do dance lessons as a kid? Yeah. Is that part that of your very, canon? I think that it's very likely that he did dance lessons. I mean, well, dance I know, what it was, oh, sorry, fit Arby. him. I, what I was going to say, no, you were fine. I just talked over you. Sorry. Maybe I should just talk over both of you here. <laughs> You're welcome. That would to. make a change for the evening. Oh, that would be funny. I think, I think that it's very likely that all three of them did dance lessons. I think that it's yeah. less likely that they were all in the same class together. So, so what I was so what I was taking from the scene was that they were all remembering or thinking about them being small children and doing that, and it just kind of get me- it gets meshed together into one scene for ease of film. Hmm. Okay. Well, and what I was going to say is that you can still, you know, play what if games too. I mean, like, if you had met Santana at that young, she would still be snarky and bitchy and still hang. I mean, I'm sure Brittany took dance classes, so they probably still hung out together and didn't ignore the, you know, weird kid dancing around in the corner. And Rachel was so focused. Oh, I wouldn't ignore the weird kid in the corner. Um, it's not so, great to admit, but you know. Well, yeah, I probably would have been too. Um, but Rachel was so focused on Rachel, like she probably didn't even notice anybody else in the class. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, I I don't. I'm sure as in any see, life just isn't that small. Um, if it was a small town like where I went to high school, you probably were well aware of all of these people. Your entire life, but I think mm-hmm. her yes. went to somewhere bigger. And even if for three months he went to dance class with people that he would later know and become friends with, I I don't know if it would leave as big of an impression. But I mean, it depends on if they went to the same elementary or middle school yeah. or whatnot. So, 
And, and that, mean, is all... that might be part of my problem, too, is that, well, you know, I, I grew up call it a problem, exceedingly so. small rural place where I knew mm-hmm. everybody from the age of 10 on and their parents and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I have a hard time comprehending the larger town yeah. interactions. But I still think your your thought process is valid, and I think that you know no, it's completely unvalid. We've completely <laughs> invalidated everything, and the entire goal of fanficking things is to be able to tell somebody else that you're wrong. You're wrong. Are you telling me that I'm wrong? I'm telling you that you're wrong on the internet. Oh, just well, okay. She tells me that all I think the time. you're wrong too. So everybody's <laughs> wrong on the internet. <laughs> but that, that's the thing, and I, you know, and totally getting off on a side tangent when I say this, that I think people get so caught up in their own head canon sometimes, especially when Fanon creates something, especially when Kurt has like mm-hmm. such a solidified background already, that people get so caught up in what is right, they don't allow for other, you know, other it's, viewpoints. It's the problem with determining that some piece of fanon is basically canon and then getting angry at people who are being wrong on the internet. And yeah. so one of the pieces for me is when everybody insists that his middle name is Elizabeth. Yeah. I just don't think that that's true. There is no way that normal normal parents in the Midwest would not give their son a very obviously girl's name as a middle name. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. no matter no I don't matter agree. what. I agree. And so I have I have actually gotten into fights with people on the internet who are like, it's obviously Elizabeth's like it's not. No, it's it was not. a joke. It was a, it's a comedic joke. beat. <laughs> I, that's but, what I mean. But I also think that that's kind of endemic in Glee fandom is that a lot um a lot of folks who came in after season one. Because season one has a very different flavor than the rest of the show. Season one is darkly satirical. It's darkly funny. It's dark. Uh, So people who came in afterwards take a lot of what they say at face value rather than considering the tone in which it comes from, which is a darkly satirical spot. And so you get a lot of they said it was on there, so it's obviously true. I'm like, it's not. That's not the tone they were using. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Well, I don't even think and it's... So, and so that's a, that's a big cause of, of fights in fandom. Mm-hmm. I like, think... Li- live, and let, live and let fandom. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think that more so than just, like... I, I think fandoms across the board, and I'm making a completely blanket statement about all fandoms. And everywhere, whatever you're about to say is probably true. That anything they, that starts with well, fandoms, <laughs> fandoms in general, is they take true. their their material so seriously. So it's not even about getting a joke or not getting a joke. It's just they need a a fact, and they found one in canon, so they rally around that. Whether it be, and they they kind of forget the context and for which it was presented. Well, if, and I and I will I will say this, and I can I can expand on it later. But it seems for a lot of people, especially a lot of people, especially on Tumblr and and on the internet, that fandoms become a modern day religion, and oh, so yeah. so you defend the canon mm-hmm. vehemently against outsiders who 
who just don't understand it the way that you do. And in your pockets, you've developed uh, fanon or extra canonical material uh, to support your specific readings of certain characters or certain events. And then you get angry when other people don't read it the same way as you do, because they're obviously not respecting the source material or they are not giving it the proper weight that they would. And so it's really hard uh, as an outsider going into a religious debate, which is a a lot of what these fandom debates remind me of. And you are the religious studies major. That that is one of my degrees. Yes. (laughs) That is, that is one of my, but it is. I mean, I've even talked about how there are certain aspects of fandom that have gotten to a cultish point. It is something that like it, it, we just live and breathe this. And, and, you know, that's why people like, I hate to say live, breathe and die by it, but they're like, yeah, you know, my ship to the end of all ships or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they can't. And then even... people get really angry when their ships don't become canon. You're like, your ship was never going to become canon. It involves a tree and <laughs> and a dude from the future. I mean, it, it's not going to be canon. It's not. They never actually shared a scene together. I don't know why you're angry about this. <laughs> so, or, but that's when like, you know, they, like I said, they forget, the context of canon this mm-hmm. is a you know they, but they did this because of this and i'm like you guys it was a comedic beat we don't need to take it so seriously yeah <laughs> like, yeah so so yeah live um, and let ship oh my god just live and let ship i mean i enjoy ships that are canon i enjoy ships that are canon adjacent i enjoy ships that have no fucking chance of being canon because they're characters on two different shows well, and, you know, kind of tying this into Kurt and the beginning of the series, um, like, think about how many Kurt ships happened. Oh, God, yeah. And you had, I mean, you had not only the Kurt and Finn, but you had Puck was a big one, Sam mm-hmm. was a big mm-hmm. one. Yep. All of these other, you know, before, all the stuff before Blaine, I mean, Kurt was like, what is it, the fandom bicycle? Like, Oh, yeah, everybody's he, taking a ride on And that. then once Blaine came along, it was, you know... I mean, then the factions just got crazy, but like, and, you know, there's a lot of the Kurt and Karofsky stuff was around. It, it's, yeah, it just was crazy. I don't know. And mm-hmm. then you get people who are angry that Blaine showed up because he, his presence destroyed their particular ship. And it's like, Kurt and Finn was never going to happen, y'all. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, I've read some curtain thin fics that have been hot. And I mean, like, just kiss my lips with a chef's kiss. Mwah! It's delicious. But it's not going to be canon. But again, yeah. I'm of the opinion that it doesn't have to be canon to be enjoyable. It no. really doesn't. No. I mean, that's why. Why do we write so many AUs? I mean, I just I mean, just taking the curtain blade and the sheer. I mean, uh, you know, talking about the trope. So many stuff. AUs. So many AUs. So many tropes you use that when I put the tropes on there, people are like, oh, I remember that story. I'm like, really? I wasn't <laughs> referencing a story, but you do because you read it. 100% not referencing a specific story. But Glee fandom was so prolific. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. in a number of prolific fandoms, but I'm not sure that any of them approach the sheer volume of fan creations that Glee created in its short period of time. And so when people are like, I remember that thick, it's because... Glee fic has covered every trope every. that I can think of. Everything. Yeah. And every variation of the trope. I mean, 
The fake dating fix are a dime a dozen. Fake dating fix where one of them is actually a cat is a dime a dozen. Fake dating <laughs> fix where one of them is an alien. I have read them. Fake dating fix where somebody actually is is a fairy, but is also part of the Doctor Who universe and is secretly Sherlock Holmes. I've read it. I mean, it, they've got everything. And that is one of the things I absolutely love about Glee fandom. <laughs> You're going to have to provide some of those links at the end of this. <laughs> I want the one with the fairy and the Doctor Who. Anyway, um, just to prove you weren't making it up. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about season one then. Okay. We've got season one, and I, you know, the first 13 was, I, I feel like the only thing... That might be on, you know, something that we didn't see, which would have been more interesting to you, is more of his relationship with, with Mercedes. And this kind of shenanigans. Because we can always use more Mercedes. Oh, absolutely. Because I didn't know what to do with Mercedes. I mean, Kurt at least got, you know, there was definitely, you know, his crush on Finn and his coming out to his dad. And that story was already there. But the stuff with Mercedes was always background. And... Oh. I think that that could also be chalked up to a very non-diverse writing room. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kurt Kurt was very obviously Ryan Murphy's avatar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Until I mean, Chris Colbert didn't want him to be. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, another subject. <laughs> um, and so they write him because that's who he knows because it's me. But then you have Mercedes, and it's like, I don't know what to do with her. Just stick her in the background, which is ridiculous, because Mercedes was a, again, chef's kiss, delightful character. And Amber Riley was a delightful uh, person portraying Mercedes with a powerhouse voice that I still don't understand how everybody, like, and everybody's like, Rachel's just better. I'm like, is she? Is she? Because <laughs> she's not. But whatever, go off. And so, like, that was the biggest bit of movie mag- magic where they're like, I'm sure that Rachel's better. I'm like, eh, she's not. I, I this, think has been, a- this has been the Mercedes power hour right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think there's there's also a lot of the dynamics of those background characters of, like, Kurt and how did he interact with Artie and, and, and Tina and and Matt Rutherford and, uh, you know, just were there, you know, but I just, at the same time, they were all so paired off. Like anytime Kurt had anything to do with anybody, it was with Mercedes when he wasn't, you know, when it wasn't a Finn or Bert story. Um, and there's a lot of fun in the, you know, what did Mercedes and Kurt get up to when they weren't, you know, tethered to being in a group number for something i mean did they really care about i mean they gossiped and mercedes was definitely gossiping but it wasn't i don't think they necessarily cared as much about the the main drama that was happening and unfolding in front of them half the time um i don't know the background scenes in those episodes were just again chef's kiss they were the delight perfect they were. They were. Um, and then we get into the second half, and this is where we really get, you know, Kurt beginning to shine. So, again, it's hard for me to say, well, what didn't we see that would have been really interesting to explore? 
and I'm I'm just blinking coming up with things. <laughs> Uh, well, then let's move on. Let's move on. We can't think of anything else. Let's move on to something else that I can uh, sink your teeth into for you. I can um, sink my teeth or sink my loins. Well, let's talk about between stuff. season one and season two. I mean, you've got you know Bert and Carol together a lot. I mean, Rachel and Finn were dating. What was Kurt up to in that summer? He was wearing Madra shorts. <laughs> <laughs> this is so this is one of the things that regardless of what season it could have happened i am so very sad that we never got a season of summer yeah because i feel like kurt's summer fashion would have been top notch why do yeah. they not dress those kids in like summer clothes at the beginning of the year like they always even at the beginning of the season they would always be wearing these like winter ish clothes. They'd be wearing massive that. coats. It's because nobody can put Ohio on a map. <laughs> and so for a lot of people they're pretty sure that it's in the middle of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. At the same time, there would be times when they were like it was winter and there you can tell they're in LA and I'm like, they'd be freezing if they didn't like wear something warmer, but um, anyway. Again, that's because nobody can put Ohio on a map. It might be I in can. the middle of Mexico. <laughs> yes, I understand that you can put Ohio on a map. I can put Ohio on a map, too. Struggle <laughs> has taught me nothing. It's where to put Ohio on a map and how to spell, how to spell Massachusetts. <laughs> there are too and, many and vowels you- in Massachusetts. Too many Do you know positive. the distance between Lima and Westerville here? Oh, God. Do you know what's funny? Off the top of this head? came up in the, one of the other podcasts, and I don't remember which one, but it came up. It might be the Blaine one that you guys will hear in a bit. That, you know, because Barbie was making fun of me for the timeline, which is fine. You can do that. But I do not care about distance. And people get so up in arm about the distance between things. Like, how did they get to New York? And and what about Westerville? It's two hours away. And like, I just don't care. Like, Glee did not obviously care about distance. I Well, just... they also took the magic bullet train to New York directly from Lima. So, like, whatever. <laughs> I just think it's Time Funny. and distance are a creation of the man's mind. Mm. Very true. All right. Well, then let's talk about season two, which is maybe, even more... Maybe. Maybe. Lee has Star Trek teleport technology. <laughs> oh. Maybe they have been keeping... Maybe this is some sort of multiverse where in the Glee universe, transport technology actually exists, and they have solved how they can break you down by molecule and put you back together while still being the same person and not just a copy of the person, which is what they think is going to be the issue with transport technology in the future. And see, I thought it was going to be a Doctor Who thing. Maybe there's a TARDIS. You just... TARDIS across time and dimensions. So one one of my other favorite fandom ideas in the fic that I never wrote that I 100% should have is that Blaine was a time Lord, which explains the bow ties and explains why he just shows up where he's needed. And he doesn't really have a backstory. He's just there to be delightful and help Kurt who would be his companion. And it turns out that Blaine is a time Lord 
who has forgotten that he's a Time Lord, just like when Ten did in Family of Blood, where he had to protect what was going on and shoved his Time Lordness into his pocket watch. You still should write that. I really should. It would be you a delight. Should. I will read it. <laughs> I will give you a kudos for it. So, so in my world, Blaine is a Time Lord, and that's how he gets back and forth to North Car- to to New York, North Carolina. So often to North Carolina, so often to New York, so often is that he just takes his TARDIS. Well, there we go. There we go. We've solved all the problems. Ooh, we got <laughs> Cooper is a Time Lord too. Cooper's definitely a Time Lord. Oh my no. God. You say, oh no, but you really mean, oh yes. Uh, oh no. I don't feel. Can't, but can't you imagine Cooper just slutting it up through the universe the same way that, like, Jack Harkness did? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, we can go back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> canon now. That's okay. I need to fill up time somehow. Um, so, <laughs> I just don't have, I feel so bad. I'm like all excited. I'm like, we're going to do this. And then but like does, when this I, this doesn't have to be a just, long podcast. It can be no, it short doesn't. and punchy. And with gratuitous shots of, you know, me yelling about Doctor Who and Star Trek. <laughs> if anybody's curious about what one of my first fandoms was, it was Star Trek. <laughs> god, I loved all. You came for the Kurtz day for the trivia for our, of RB, RB trivia. Look, Star Trek is amazing and it can fit into so many different AUs. I mean, who doesn't love a good Star Trek AU? Come on. There have been some really excellent Star Trek AUs in the Glee family. That been. is true. There have been. Not as many as I would have expected, though. You know, same, because it's such a wonderful, rich tapestry that you can shove any characters in, and I feel like almost any piece of media can become a Star Trek AU, and I don't know why more people didn't. Like, there was a really good one that I enjoyed, and I forget who wrote it, but it was based on the the AOS movies, and so you had, like... Um, you had you had the the pine characters running around, which was wonderful. Oh, I'm not sure I read that one. Uh, I'll see if I can find it in my book. I feel like Glee, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Being an ensemble, you can easily put it into other ensemble templates. Yes, which is a lot of fun. Glee, mm-hmm. Glee is one of those that it's very easy to put the Glee characters into basically any other AU that you want. genre. Yeah. yeah, so like there are, um, uh, you can put them into a Star Trek AU, you can put them into a Lost AU. Ooh, why was there never a Lost AU? I kind of want to see. There wasn't like, a Lost. I kind of want to see who would be end up in the tail section. I'm sure we've kicked it around though, because I have had this conversation. Mm-hmm. But like you can put them in the office, you can put them in like a number of different book series. I'm sure you could put them in Lord of the Rings. I know nothing about that, but I'm sure you could do it. Well, no, we, what if, um... And and Blaine Stark is one of my favorite things. And so can definitely put it into oh, a Marvel God. AU. That happened way before I even joined Fandom. Anyway. Um Oh, that was a classic. There right once uh, people don't know this one as as much, but I actually liked it better than all the other ghosts. Was a fantasy based Glee one um, that was kind of Lord of the Rings ish, which I don't think she actually ever finished. Um, oh, Rain Joyce, yeah, her mage one, yeah, her mage so one. Good. 
but the that's, world I deleted. remember that. that it was, was actually one. yeah, it was actually better than all the other ghosts. I think it was the you could tell she liked the world a little bit better. Um, but then the the superhero one got away from her and that was that. But anyway, going back to season two, um, we're gonna okay. get into the same problem even more so than the first season because the entire season I'm I'm failing to see like there's merit in you can take little moments like let's go to I mean you just pick a part of the season and you can be like okay well what was Kurt's thought process here or what is this tiny scene here or what did Kurt and Blaine do like right after they made out an original song like of course we've all read all of these millions of fics that have gone over that but mm-hmm. is there anything missing from canon that they should have put there? And I, I, f- I am hard pressed to say yes. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, and I'm not. Well, yeah, and I mean, there's like <laughs> there are little pockets of places that, but it's not as bad or blatantly missing as later on in the series because you've got. All of these high points of their of Kurt and Blaine's relationship and of Kurt's story from him going and it's really Kurt's right. story more than Blaine because even with the Blaine stuff we'll talk <clears> about <throat> like things that we missed from his point of view because this entire thing is from Kurt's point of view so you get the beginning of the story where it's I always say it, that season two is like the sequel to the you know sequel to season one which it is but I mean like if you're reading a book this is the second book of the series and it builds off that. And you still get the stuff with his dad, which feels full and complete with that stuff. I feel I can't think of anything that I'm like, oh, I wish they would have shown more Bert here. You've got the wrap-up stuff with with Finn, the additional stuff with, with Sam, the frightening stuff with Karofsky was very well done. With Blaine, there are little things that would have been more fun to see, like more fun at Dalton. Um, more fallout reaction stuff between some of the stuff that might have happened. But Nothing seems missing. Like, every beat that they were supposed to hit, I think, was there. If that makes any sense. I know. I think that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I might say would, that would be on a want list would be more interaction between Kurt and Blaine after he returned to McKinley. There's moments of it, you know, and there's mm-hmm. scenes, but there's there's quite a lot of pauses. And yeah. that would be nice to have a little bit more of a kind of fill in there. But that's actually still more of a want than a real well and I think that scene portion. That's going to be more of an issue going forward, too. I mean, we're going to have... We got so spoiled with all of their scenes being together for the Dalton stuff that when they got split up, when he moves back to McKinley, we didn't have that constant interaction. And I agree. As a want, it would have been fun to see, you know, like Kurt goes on all these, has all these other things. I mean, he's around with the rumor stuff, but Blaine's not there, but how fun it would have been to have a scene where, you know, Sam is actually delivering pizza to them at at Dalton. Mm -hmm. Um, And, (laughs) <laughs> like if you want to talk about distance, let's talk about Sam's pizza route. Anyway, um <laughs> or you know, the stuff with planning the funeral or you know, more conversations that they could have had about X, Y, and Z. I mean, I, I, the, 
there yeah. could have always been more, but at the same time, for the fact that they are in this ensemble cast and there's 15 characters you have to service and the fact that Kurt's emotional journey feels complete, um, it's more of stuff that we just kind of want to fill in because we're having fun with the world and having fun with it. But I don't see anything as a... this. They really should have put more of this, that, or the other thing to make the story make more sense. The the only thing maybe might be more of a, a look at the change of dynamics within Mercedes and Rachel's the, his relationship with Mer- Mercedes yes, and Rachel definitely because that started happening at the end of season two. Well, it happened at the beginning. Through. Like I would argue, like around the substitute stuff. That's when. They're like, okay, we're going to, you know, because by the time special education happens in episode nine, he is spending more time with Rachel and you could definitely tell it's a setup to make them BFF, but there is a jarring sharp turn around New York. I I would actually say that, um, I first felt like something was changing and grilled cheeses over the whole religious thing with Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Really yep. wanting Kurt to participate in these things. And I mean, Rachel was over the top, but he was able to brush her off more than he was able to with Mercedes. And it just felt like something kind of changed mm-hmm. there. And it carried through through. Well, and then you've got duets where Rachel really hones in on his loneliness, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel does kind of go into attack mode. Like, yeah. I will make you mine. Mm-hmm. So there's, but it's kind of funny, I can bring up these other aspects of, like, again, you know, he's seen, for example, with Tina a lot, walking around these hallway scenes when Karofsky comes to beat him up. Like, what's going on there? But, you know, I also don't see a lot of fanfics exploring that either. Is it something that anybody really wants to see? I mean, I don't know. And so... I I, I mean, my answer is always more curt. So... (laughs) So if you said, um, should we be seeing that? My answer is always yes. Let's show it. All all three of us are in the camp of you can never have too much Kurt. And when in doubt, add more Kurt. And hey, you know what this episode needs? More Kurt. More Kurt. Yes. Yes, that's the answer. The answer Uh, is more Kurt. I also, Um, I mean. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but I, I do think that there are. You know, the the season definitely talks a lot more about his um, romantic relationships than it does his his friendships necessarily. I mean, it's there, but that's not necessarily where he's turning to for all of his emotional needs, mm-hmm. which happens. And so, um, yes, it would have been nice to have some more exploration of some of those those friendships. This is also before he really gets down a road of trying to figure out what his career is. So Mm -hmm. that part of the story doesn't necessarily, it doesn't feel necessary because it isn't a part of the narrative that we're even seeing on screen because it's just too, I mean, they're just high school kids at this point, you know, I mean, we didn't really need to see season three has so much of the college process, even if it was stupid, it's still there. So 
you know, even though junior year is when most American kids start thinking about college. God, um, sophomore year. I had so- when I worked as an admissions officer, I had sophomores come on my tours, which yeah. admittedly is a little young, but still. That's sad. It's not people who are in like April of their senior year going, oh, I should apply to college. It's like, well, you're not getting in one now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. You're going to talk about things gleated badly. College. I Um, just pretend that none of that happened because if I accepted that it happened, I would be infuriated. And I refuse to let glee infuriate me. It's glee. (laughs) Well, and then there's another point, though, where a lot of these kids, again, don't get much conversations about what they're going to do. That's that moving into season three, because frankly, that's (laughs) what else do I have to say about season two? If you guys want to go back just feel free but um again they made such an effort to show what these kids were going to do even though they kind of failed about half of them in that respect kurt and rachel and finn and whatnot there was an actual story there so we got to see kurt even though it was grossly tied with rachel we saw his process of getting into college we saw again you know there you know there are a lot of Season three does start to do in the middle of it. I would like to have seen more of the deterioration of the stuff with Blaine that leads into the season four stuff. Um, or at least there's more story there to tell. Um, and not that we necessarily needed to see it. I, I think it was enough there. Um, but I'm just rambling at this point. So you guys can jump in. Oh, I thought you were making a very salient point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I would have no qualms with interrupting you if you weren't making any sense. Okay, as I have good. done in the past. You know this about me. I know. I, I just I just felt like I was doing a one run-on sentence. I <laughs> We did that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I do run on paragraphs. Come on. I think Come on. That, that there was merit to showing thing, yeah, really just the, the the relationship aspect of Kurt and Blaine better or more often mm-hmm. to show where they were going, these little bits and pieces of where they were going and what they were doing. But I'm not wholly dissatisfied. Well, it's season three, I don't like any of it, but except for <laughs> you know, the few bits that I do like. But I think that I, a lot of it, I understand why we didn't get a didn't get a lot of it, and not it's not necessarily because censors hated them, though I do think there's a small part of that. But I think that again, they were trying to service so many characters that just you know you waited your turn. But um, I that's where my thought process stops at the moment. <laughs> you guys, what but do you I guys think? Very valid thought process. What do you guys think? I, uh, (laughs) what do I think? I think season three had a lot of holes. I think fandom has done a remarkable job of trying to fill in those holes. And so it makes it a lot more satisfying looking back than it was experiencing it real time. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, I feel that fandom has done such a good job of filling in holes that because I don't tend to rewatch Glee, I have a hard time remembering what's actually canon and what we've just all decided is canon. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot, 
I have a lot of problems with that. <laughs> I mean, and there's, it's kind of funny. There are even some things that I think fan fandom wanted that I don't necessarily, I didn't really need to see as much as other people did. I mean, there were a lot of people who were just huge on this whole idea of what the, the Kurt's household would have been like because Sam was there for a while and Finn and Rachel were around and mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I, that's, it's not the, I mean, it's not necessarily what I needed to see, but I can understand why people wanted to see because that's such a chaotic and crazy thing. Um, but it's not necessarily something that I feel is missing from Kurt's story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind agree. of funny because season three is not like seasons one and two. I feel like all of the emotion, emotional beats are there. Season three. I don't know. It's kind of funny because I don't necessarily feel that things are missing, but things were definitely, there were definitely holes, but it was just like the story wasn't a story the same way that season one and two, season one and two each had a beginning, a middle and an end for Kurt's arc. And in season Mm -hmm. three, all of his stuff was either just episodic or fleeting or we're going to not worry about this for 10 episodes or tied to Rachel. There was not a cohesive arc in his story. So that is where it feels unsatisfied. Not necessarily what we didn't and didn't did get to see, if that makes any sense. Oh, I think that makes total sense. But I'm also my favorite seasons are seasons one and two. And so I like the completeness of those two, so I would, uh, and Kurt, and Kurt is my favorite character on there, with the exception of Cooper. But Cooper's who's not in season one or two. He's not, but he's a thirst trap for me, and so, <laughs> like, I enjoy him extra canonically. Oh yeah, just whatever Matt Bomer does, because it was a massive white collar fan, and so I got real excited when they're like, "He's going to be on Glee," and I'm like, "My body is ready." Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to actual seasons and Kurt's story arc, season one and two are my favorites, and I think, like you were saying, they are complete. They are complete stories. They are stories that have a beginning, a middle, and an end, especially with Kurt. And I think that's why I like those two seasons so much. That was a giant run-on paragraph, so I hope that you don't feel bad about your previous <laughs> run-on sentences. <laughs> no, it's fine, and it makes total sense. And I just, it's kind of funny, because when I was thinking of the, these podcast concepts, I feel like, you know, well, what was Kurt doing in these all these in-between spaces? And I feel, I think, something you said, fandom has filled it in so completely that, I mean, while I still probably, I mean, I will still be writing my own version of it, like, it's... Not something that I'm like, well, there's just a giant hole. We have no idea. How does he get from point A to point B? And like I said, the emotional stuff with Blaine, I think, is the only thing that really sticks out to me as something that I do wish the show had done more of. But at the same time, I understand why they didn't, because they really kind of wanted to throw in the breakup out of nowhere, because that's what they do. But... I wish you could see how hard I'm rolling my eyes right now because I'm rolling my eyes all the way back and it's making a whole 360 degrees. (laughs) Oh, wow. How does your brain look? Yeah, it looks a little dark. But why why are you rolling your eyes? My my brain is dark and full of terrors. Uh, I've never been a big fan of the breakup storyline. I... uh, The breakup storyline is what made me quit Glee for a couple of years. So, mm. okay. Not a fan. 
not a fan. And so I roll my eyes every time that it, it it's talked about, which is not fair. A lot of people enjoyed it or at least, you know, passively got through it. And I'm looking at my brain as it being dark and full of terrors. Yeah. Okay. Julie, I, I, I fell into the category where it was, it didn't feel out of the blue to me. It was painful as all get out to get through it. Um, but it still felt like it fit the narrative arc for me. So. I'm the one that got passively through it. <laughs> through it. So we have, the, we have the entire span of fandom See? reactions here. <laughs> I but said, fuck this shit, I'm out. Where I, I stopped watching was at the end of season three. With Kurt not getting into Niata and that whole entire thing felt so false and terrible. I was, and I was ugh. so well, with, angry. I was because, really angry with that. And then I kind of like hate watched until the breakup. And that was the point where I was like, nah, I'm done. This this show is supposed to be light and fluffy and entertaining to me and like uh-huh. darkly amusing. But this is not darkly amusing. This is just dumb. Well, also, and- also, I love that song from No Doubt. And it was like. I don't appreciate you using this. This makes me sad. See, and I hate that song, and it's depressing. <laughs> oh, it's and so good. But then it's again, so I, was depressing. A massive, I was a massive No Doubt fan back in the 90s. Well, when I was young and full of potential and, and I'm I think old and crotchety. The thing that I have a problem with Kurt's arc in general over season three is that it's so tied to Rachel's that they're basically telling parallel stories which is but Kurt not just even, doesn't get it's developed it's not even parallel stories they're telling Rachel's story and Kurt is an accessory right and it's kind of funny when we talked about the Blaine one we talked about how Kurt you know that, that's the thing in, in seasons one and two Kurt was his the, the, the hero of his own story Yes. And he he just was, you know, a, a character on his own in his own world. In season three, he became the B character in Rachel's story, which bumped Blaine yes. down to a C character, which is why everything just felt disoriented in a way. Because, oh. yeah. Blaine should have never come to McKinley. Well, I don't agree with that, but that's okay. I know. I know. <laughs> but I, I felt like I was going to take the opportunity to shove my opinion in there, even though I know that I am an <laughs> island of one. That's okay. I don't think uh, somebody else said that though. Gosh, I don't remember who it was. Anyway, was it me in a mustache? You talked to a lot of somebody else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, I don't think the plane should have come to McKinley either. You're right, random other person. They shouldn't have. I think that I agree with that. Thank you, person in the balcony. (laughs) There's three people right there who agree with me. So I feel like the point of this podcast is to like <laughs> the point of this I podcast just... is disco- is to discover that Blaine is a time lord and that Kurt's mother was a covert CIA operative <laughs> who was killed in the middle of a mission. I, and that's how <laughs> and that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> and that's what you missed on Glee. It's just, it's kind of funny doing these experimental podcasts because, like, 
for the later half of the season, I do think, or later half of the series, there's a lot of relevance. And the reason I even created it was because a lot of people wanted to talk about Kurt in season four, which is makes sense because Kurt's so not in season four that there are a lot of places we can go, hmm, how did this happen? And why did this happen? This happened. And, you know, I'm like, well, that's going to take up a whole podcast. If you know, But if I'm going to do the whole thing, I'm going to do the beginning stuff. And it, again, like I said, there's a lot. there was a lot of stuff to, to dissect in Blaine's side because Blaine wasn't developed in the way that Kurt was. But this podcast <laughs> became what it did because there's just, to be completely honest, there's just not a lot to say because we got what we got. And everything else is just added fun stuff that fandom put together. That is my my thought for the night. It's a good thought. It's yeah. a good thought. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry if people wanted to like have way more stuff that you know, but it just that I I don't know. Like, well, maybe you'll get angry comments from people who are listening. You know, I have Yay! never said comments. Angry you should have been anything. talking about this. Do you want me to say an angry comment? That's the thing. No, don't say. Well, yeah, you can if you want. <laughs> don't do it anonymously. <laughs> Um, I don't do anything anonymously. I put my name to it. I will read it on air if you if you send it. I will. Okay. Like, I, we had an, I will. I will send you a hate comment with my name attached, so that you know that it came from me. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, that's the thing, and it's so funny because I, you know, I don't know what the listeners. You know, they I've asked multiple times for people to comment and and the very few times that they have, I have mentioned it, but like I don't get a lot of feedback on these. So I don't know. I mean, I see the hits, people are listening, I just don't know what they're listening for or what not. So well <laughs> you know, sure when, when in doubt, just blame it on yourself. I'm going to say that everybody's listening for me and my brilliant commentary. Um yeah, that's... <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. So is there anything else that you guys wanted to add or felt like you needed to say on this topic or on the topic of fandom and fan fiction in this early part regarding I Kurt? F- I feel like we've kind of covered it. I mean, ship and let mm-hmm. ship. Fandom is great. Let's fill in the building blocks, but let's not get angry at other people who have differing ideas of fandom. And the season finale of season three is still the worst episode of them all. It's 100% the worst episode of them all, which is why it didn't happen. Which is why it didn't happen. I like that. It didn't happen. It can be whatever you want. Um, So I think, like I said, I am the type of person who wants to drop kick canon right outside the window. And that's one of the canon that I just go, (laughs) I recognize that the writers have made a decision, but it was a stupid ass decision and I've elected to ignore it. (laughs) <laughs> I think the moral of the story, though, is that, you know, sometimes you can't really do podcasts on things because there's just not enough content. But if you have awesome guests with you, at least you can have a fun time for a few hours. So we did. We did. It was fun. I hope the fun. listeners enjoyed it, even though it was totally crazy. But it was good. It was fun. All right. So on that note, I'm going to wrap it up and say good night. And I, I'm pretty sure the Blaine one will be next week. And that one has a little bit more content only because Blaine has less of a world built around him. So keep a listen out for that and have a lovely, wonderful Sunday night.
were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. And